Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a show where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects your well-being. I'm your host, Sarah Lee Kane, and this week's episode is all about removing your self-worth from your net worth. As in, you're still a person of value whether or not you have a lot of money or earning power. In general, society teaches us that we need to constantly produce our proof of wealth in order for us to feel good about ourselves. So let's dig a little bit deeper about this, shall we? As in, what does self-worth really mean? What are some examples society has shown us about self-worth? And how can we start to remove our financial situation from our self-worth? Now, the sad news is that when we feel like crap or our self-worth isn't intact, which by the way, it's always intact, we tend to fall victim to emotional spending. Now, I'm not going to tell you it'll be easy to combat all of this, but I have created a simple guide that does offer both short-term and long-term solutions to this. So to download it, head over to beyondthedollar.co slash spending. All right, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. So, (laughs) self-worth, what is it? I mean, it's such a philosophical question, and obviously I'm not going to answer it within this episode. I hate to break it to you. But to simplify things, let's use it in the context of how we feel about ourselves. So, our self-worth is really feeling like worthy, right? That we are a person of value. And I think where so many of us get tripped up in terms of this idea of self-worth is that we're looking at outside markers of success. And uh, to be honest, sometimes we don't even realize that that's what's happening. And then we're going to use that, you know, outside markers of success as a basis of self-worth. Now, sure, we can blame a lot of things like social media, but, you know, it's a lot of these societal messages that we receive as a whole that you know, just influences knowingly or unknowingly. And, you know, there's a lot of complex factors like historically what has happened in the world, racism, sexism, all of those things, right? So let's talk about some examples. And by no means, these are all super comprehensive. And if you have any other examples, I would love to hear about them. So for those who identify as female, so this is an example for mostly female folks, is you know, society tends to kind of give us messages about our self-worth in regards to motherhood, for example. Like, once you're married, are you going to have kids? Or are you worthy as a woman if you don't have kids, right? What if you're infertile? Or all of those things. Those are messages that we get as women. Like, are you worthy, right? For example, last week in Alyssa's episode, we talked a lot about having lived up to our potential in God's eyes or in the world by being this caring mom, by sacrificing ourselves and our needs to care for others. So that's really something that I know that has affected me a lot. Like, am I worthy if I don't give up parts of myself or be a mom, right? Now for males, this could be like the stereotypical provider role. So I had a guest, Clint Proctor, wonderful guy. He was an ex-pastor. He had lived on about $30,000 a year, basically supporting his wife and his two young kids. And he talked a lot about feeling insecure when he was helping his, you know, family, like raise his family and giving advice in church. He didn't feel like he was really worthy of being able to do that because he didn't earn as much as others. And so that was a really interesting 
revelation that I got from that episode was this external marker of success. Like, are you worthy or more or less worthy because you earn a specific amount of money? So that was a really interesting insight. And I encourage you to listen to both those episodes if you haven't already. So now let's put that in the context of your net worth. And again, net worth is, I mean, typically, and I don't want to get too technical on you, is the idea of how much you truly own. So like your assets and your liabilities. So your assets are, you know, the things that you have and liabilities are what you owe, like your debt. So if you think about a home, you don't truly own your home unless you pay off all of your mortgage, right? Then your net worth is 100% of this house. But until then, it's whatever percentage of that you have paid off in the mortgage so far. All right, kind of rambling off on there. So Let's just, again, use net worth as a broad description of our earning power or how many things that we own, all right? So why is it important to remove our self-worth from our net worth? Number one, when we are basing who we are as people on these external factors, and I count money as an external factor or a possession or a tangible thing, it can make us miserable. Like there's never going to be enough. Like let's say you want to base your self-worth on earning $100,000 a year. Okay, great. Now you have earned that. You're going to typically, I know this has been my personal experience anyways, I look towards, well, how can I earn more now? Or is this it? There's got to be more. So when you're basing something on an external validator of, of success or measure of success, excuse me, it's not going to be enough. When you reach something you're going to want more or you're going to feel the same as you did before this goal and it's just going to you're like you don't know what to do with it right so it does feel like we're going to be in this constant hamster wheel and we're going to just not feel good about ourselves or you are working really hard and you don't earn let's say as much as your friends do you feel like crap and then that you know emotion or not feeling good about ourselves is going to lead us to do some things that we may not want to do. And that could be buying things to impress people. It can be, you know, let's say buying diet pills and we don't really want to do that because we think we're healthy as is, but society is teaching us that, you know, skinny is best for women, right? For example, Melissa Burton came on a couple of seasons ago to talk about the kind of pitfalls of, of diet culture. So again, I recommend that you listen to the episode if you haven't already. So, you know, just Going back to that idea of external markers of success, it's this idea of like reaching for something. And if you think about the external markers of success, right, the idea of of your self-worth tied to your net worth, like who's actually setting those goals? Like, are you really doing it? Is it something that you want to do? And I know for me, when I'm doing something I don't want to do, I kind of rebel. I feel terrible. I don't like it. (laughs) And so that's really what it is. Like when we don't feel good, it does manifest in many, many areas of our lives. And if we're going to relate it to money, it can lead us to some pretty unhealthy financial behaviors. And I definitely, definitely don't want that for you. All right. So, I mean, now let's say you are in a decent financial situation. Think about if you lost your job today or your source of income, whatever that is. I mean, yes, it's going to be very panic inducing or anxiety inducing to figure out how to pay the bills. But aside from that, how are you feeling? Like, do you think you're going to feel like a failure? Or let's say you're earning really good income, but you have a ton of debt, whether that's from a medical bill or you 
went on a shopping spree a couple times and now you have a bunch of credit card debt. Like, how do you feel about that? Right. Set, set aside the fact about, about worrying about how to pay for it. It's like, how do you feel about yourself? Is debt this sort of moral failing? Like, are you a failure as a person because you overspent? Those are all really valid emotions. But at the same time, again, they're not healthy for you. Because if you continue to feel bad about yourselves, like, unfortunately, again, the behaviors that are going to come out of that are really going to manifest in negative ways. All right. Now, all right. So now that I've said all that, I mean, the obvious solution is to like feel better about ourselves, right? The end. Episode's done, right? (laughs) Obviously, easier said than done. This is something that I am continually working on. I like to think I have a pretty healthy self-esteem, but there are times when I know that I do still tie my self-worth into my net worth and it's really frustrating. So now again, I'm not here to offer you like quick fix solutions. It's not what Beyond the Dollar is about, but it is about giving you sort of tips and guidance and questions to ask yourself and to keep exploring. Because the truth is money issues, you know, life issues or challenges are ongoing, right? When you maybe think you solve something, some kind of new layer always pops up. But I do want you to know that there are tools that can be really helpful. It just does require you to keep going at it. So here are some things that I know I've done, I've helped others done that are really helpful in terms of really removing who you are as a person, the value that you have as a person from how much money you have or even your money habits. So the first one, pretty common sense, but I think a lot of people forget, is to find examples in your life that are not related to money that make you feel good about yourselves. Okay, so that could be the fact that you are a really good dancer or you do really good parodies and you make people laugh or you're really good at knowing how to arrange existing furniture in a room. I don't know, like I'm kind of throwing things out in the air, right? But write them down. Nothing's too small, okay? Nothing is too small. So a really quick example that I think is kind of a little bit ridiculous or even silly is that I am really good at propagating plants. So for those of you who don't know that is, is you take an existing plant, you'd snip a little bit off of it, stick it in water or soil, and then a new plant grows. Like I am the queen of doing this with basil. Like I have so many basil plants right now. It's ridiculous. I think I bought one plant and propagated a gazillion others, <laughs> maybe an exaggeration, but that is something that I think like, this is like awesome. I'm so good at this. It has nothing to do with money, it has everything to do with, you know, like the fact that I just am really good at this. I'm also very good at asking questions that help people. I know that that's a skill that I have or you know, it's not really related to money, but it's something that I know has been very, very helpful to others around me. So things like that. The goal is to really start associating your self-worth with feelings and experience and skills that have nothing to do with your monetary value. And this exercise is really meant to prove to yourself and maybe to others around you, is that you are a very complex human and individual with lots and lots of different facets. And so I think when we start looking at our financial lives, and this is a very broad generalization, is that 
when we talk about money, there's really only sort of almost a black and white dichotomy in terms of like, are you good? Are you bad? Right? Are you rich? Are you not? Like, it's going to be really difficult to not feel bad about ourselves when there's such binary kind of descriptions or categories. And so to make yourself like a much more complex human being, to kind of recognize that there's so many facets to you is really going to help you start disassociating yourself. Because let's say you are in debt or you lose your job or you took a pay cut, right? You're going to feel better or not feel better. You're not going to feel terrible about yourself because you know like, hey, I am really good at propagating basil. <laughs> like who cares if I took a pay cut because I needed this job, right? <laughs> like I'm really good at that. Something that you can do is once you start making this list is to have it where you can see it or you can just share these moments with friends and family or social media, right? Again, the goal is to just show yourself to the world and that you have a lot of value. And something that I wrote about for a client, I'll link that to the show notes, is the idea of leaving a non-financial legacy. And so when we think about legacy, we generally think about like a will and how much money we're leaving to others. And that's our legacy. But if you think about it, our legacy is so much more than that. And so in this article, I wrote about the idea of passing our values along to our children or to our friends. The author in the article I interviewed talked a lot about passing on recipes. This one woman that passed away sewed quilts. It's like a memory quilt. And so that was a really powerful moment where she sewed these quilts and these two young gentlemen actually had it wrapped around them during the funeral and they were crying together. So it really, if you think about it, who you are as a person and your value in the world and your contributions doesn't have to be financial. There are lots of things that make you who you are, that make you really, really awesome, that has something to do with money. All right. So next thing is once you make this list, sometimes there's a theme that kind of emerges. So I'm going to go back to my basil example. Um, maybe the skill that's emerging is that I'm really good at gardening. Or let's say your skill is really good at help making people laugh. Okay. So find some sort of theme. And then you want to find some way to create more evidence of this or go out and do more of those things, right? So for example, let's say you're really good at how asking probing questions, find more opportunities to do that. Maybe have coffee with a friend, right? We'll call them up or whatever and offer to help them with something. Or when they're talking about something that's happening in their lives, like ask questions, provide that support. Like go do more of those things. It's going to help you feel like you're more worthy as a person without finances. All right. For me, maybe I can propagate more basil plants and give them to neighbors and friends and be like, hey, now you can grow your own garden. Isn't this awesome? Like little things like that. The idea is really to find value in who you are as a person, right? We're all social creatures. We all want to be wanted. We all want to contribute and feel valued. There are plenty of ways to do that without money, without earning a lot of money, without having tons and tons of assets or a big house or, you know, kind of those markers of financial success, right? And then something I really like and highly encourage, again, because we are social creatures, no matter how much of an introvert or extrovert you are, is to spend time with people whose views on money aren't necessarily about tying your self-worth 
to your net worth. And some examples could be maybe your cousin's really interested in talking about how much commission he's earned from his stock trades. Like he's always talking about how much he's earning. So something like that could really influence the way you think about your earning power. Not saying you don't talk to this person, but you know, just be mindful every time those conversations happen that that's what's happening. Maybe find other people to spend time with him that don't have conversations like that. And really just to find people that are going to help you really understand that life is more than just about how you make. It's more than about how much you have. And so it could be that you stop going to dinner parties or virtual meetups where people are always talking about like, I don't know, how nicely they decorate their home. If that's something that triggers you, maybe you spend time with friends who are really into just having really simple picnics in the park and you talk a lot about, I don't know, your pets, (laughs) for example. So something like that. When you are spending time with people that really trigger you, it's really important to honor those feelings and to figure out what's going on. And it's really easy for me to say, like, don't hang out with those people, like, or call them out. And in reality, that's, you know, not always the case. It's not always possible. But just being even aware of what you're feeling or how you're feeling triggered is really going to help start disassociating yourself with money. All right. This is something that I know I work on constantly is to be okay with who you are and your worth without necessarily needing to achieve. Okay. You are enough as a person, as a human being. You don't need all these accolades. You don't need all these achievements or things to be worthy as a person, right? Yes, we as social creatures want to contribute and have value in that sense, but I'm talking about really achieving as in this constant like hustle. There are times, yes, you do need to hustle for certain things, like maybe when you're first starting a business, but it doesn't need to be constantly that way. There are plenty of reasons that you are awesome and you don't need to earn a gazillion dollars for that to be true. So I hope that helps. My challenge for you this week is to make a list of five things that aren't related to achievement or money that makes you feel really good about yourself. It makes you feel like, yes, I am worthy. I am enough. And I would love for you to share that list with me. I am on Instagram at beyond the dollar. So you can slide into my DMs or you can email me. I love reading emails. Hello at beyondthedollar.co. All right. Next week's episode, wonderful story from Kate Howerton. And she's coming on to talk about the time she came out to her parents. This was, I think, during college and how that really affected her financially. And really, in general, a lot of the opportunity costs that comes up as someone who is LGBTQ or someone who has just come up to their parents. And so I'm really excited to share that episode with you. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to wherever you're listening to this right now, or you can head over to beyondthedollar.co slash spending, grab the emotional spending guide, and then you are in my newsletter community and I share new episodes as they drop every week. All right, everyone, thank you so much. And until next time, keep living beyond the dollar. Thank you so much for listening in on Beyond the Dollar. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. It'll help share the mission of what we're trying to do, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. So tag them on Instagram when I post Beyond the Dollar or send them a link. Whatever you want to do to spread the mission of what we're doing around here. 
Now, if you feel that putting money towards the things that really matter is a challenge for you, feel free to download the Value Space Spending Guide. So what it is, is you're gonna be able to gain clarity around what matters most to you in life, be able to name your most important values and how we can start putting money towards those things. So to download the Value Space Spending Guide, go to beyondthedollar.co slash values. So thank you again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar. By the way, thank you to Donovan Durant again for providing this awesome theme song.